0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. A little later in the show, we are going to talk about the children of Flint and what they deserve. The ACLU of Michigan says it's way more than what they're getting. They have filed a suit in federal court to force the state and federal governments to do better. We're going to talk with Carrie Moss, the director of the Michigan ACLU, about that. But up front, earlier this week, we asked Republicans how they're feeling about this year's election. Some told us they can't bring themselves to vote for presidential nominee Donald Trump. Our next guest also falls into that category, and this week, it cost her her job. The Michigan Republican Party removed grassroots vice chair Wendy Day for her continued refusal to support Donald Trump. Wendy Day, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Good morning. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So uh, this is making national headlines, and I, my understanding is that it's setting sort of a precedent that no GOP official has ever been removed for re- refusing to support uh, one candidate or another. Is that, is that true? Uh,
1: to the best of my knowledge, that is true.
0: Yeah. And, and so talk about why, uh, why the state chair said to you, we can't, we can't have you here anymore.
1: Look, I think it's, um, it's a tough election season, and people are um, voting. I, 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 as, I've observed friends of mine on the left and the right, they're voting out of fear, whether they fear Donald Trump or fear Hillary Clinton. And so passions are running high, fear is running high, and it's just um, it's a really tough time to be involved in politics. And um, I think you know, that's at least part of the reason why, you know, kind of what led to the situation we're in now is, is because everyone's so afraid and so passionate, um, there's not a lot of room for dissension.
0: And, and uh, this dissension, let's, let's be clear about uh, how you feel about this particular race. You're not a fan of Donald Trump, but you're also not a fan of Hillary Clinton. Is that right?
1: Uh, you know, of course not. And I think a moral case could absolutely be made to say, look, Hillary is just that bad, and I'm going to vote straight ticket. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Um, I think there's a chance he can do good. I think there's a moral case to be made for that, and, and I, I, I absolutely do. Um, and I encourage people to vote straight-ticket Republican or, you know, at least show up to the polls for sure. My bigger concern as we look forward is the legacy of, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a conservative. I've been involved, you know, as a Christian and conservative consistently, and I am concerned about the legacy that we're leaving for our message and for our principles, um, because those should transcend any one candidate in any one election. And um, so that that's really where my concern comes from. So, is,
0: so talk to me then about what sure. it is about Donald Trump that, that you feel is in opposition to what you believe.
1: Oh, goodness. Well,
0: <laughs> where to start, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> where to start? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, it's not only Donald Trump, you know, he's actually refreshingly been authentic about who he is. He has not, you know, he he's a great entertainer. He says what people want to hear. I do believe, you know, he, he 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 wants better for our country, but you know, he's a, an entertainer. He's a playboy. He's a, you know, he's a guy who's been a successful businessman and been able to do whatever the heck he wanted for years and years and years. And so to be put in this position of being held accountable for his words and his behavior is probably new to him, but um, that's leadership. That's political and cultural leadership. And so, um, I-, I have grave concerns uh, not only about you know his character, which you know we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. So, um, but I we're not we're not to seek out you know a leader who does that blatantly. And more importantly to me, it is what's happening to. Um, the leaders within the cultural the, the Christian and conservative movement who are justifying his behavior. Look, it is never okay to talk about women the way that he did. And I actually have more faith in men. I do not believe that men in the locker room, they may make some comments, but not like that. That is not locker room talk. It's flat it's Howard Stern talk. It's flat out inappropriate. <laughs>
0: what about and the so, other what about the other things Donald Trump has said? Up, uh, until that point, I mean, uh, this is well, somebody... Well, sure, and if it was
1: that one case, I think you could say, well, that's just an outlier. But this has been a consistent pattern of, you know, of, of picking on people with, with physical handicaps and making generalizations. And I just think that, I, I honestly think that he, he's been on the campaign trail for a long time and should know better. And he owes his supporters, and those he's asking to vote for him, more. He owes them um, a, better, a, a better campaign on his part. I mean, I think the Republican Party's doing all they can, but he owes them a better campaign. He owes them more discipline, debate preparation. Um, I think he, you know, and if he can't do those things, he owes them an apology because they are putting their faith in him to save this country. And if he's not going to rise to the occasion, then, um, then I think he owes them an apology. Yeah.
0: Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Wendy Day, the ousted Michigan GOP grassroots vice chair. We're talking about uh, the fact that she was let go this week and what that means in the context of the 2016 presidential election, especially regarding Donald Trump. Uh, Wendy, my understanding is that this essentially means the Michigan GOP just won't have a grassroots grassroots vice chair until maybe after the election seems an odd time to introduce that kind of disruption we're down to i think just about three weeks before mm-hmm. election day talk about the the kind of work that you were doing and what might not get done uh, on behalf of donald trump because of your absence
1: mm-hmm. well the, you know the michigan republican party actually has a great um a great paid staff and, and a large organization in michigan on the ground working for candidates up and down the ballot so you know, what What I was doing, actually, the lane that I was running in was really trying to work to get people out to the polls who might stay home. You know, that's a unique, um, a unique population that I can speak to, I believe, with credibility, mm-hmm. um, but I have to be authentic about it. I can't be a cheerleader and be a bully like so many people are trying to do and get people to actually show up. You have to meet people where they're at, understand and validate their concerns, and invite them to come vote anyway. And so that was really my strategy and my um, my contribution to the entire GOP ticket up and down up and down the ticket. And so um, there's hundreds of candidates across the state that are counting on us to do just that. So I really felt like I did have something to offer the party even during this election season, even with my concerns about our nominee. Um, and uh, and and you know, and, and the reality is I've I've been involved in politics for a long time with a title or without a title, and I don't need a title to do this. So. I'm going to continue to do exactly that. I'm going to continue to encourage people to go out and vote. Um, Sure, vote their conscience, but I would encourage vote straight ticket Republican if you're having a a problem with Donald Trump or, you know, vote vote the down ticket at least, but show up because we need all those votes. So um, for me, nothing, you know, not much is going to change. I'm sad about what's happened. I think it's become a national story that didn't need to be. I'm disappointed about how it's handled, uh, how it was handled. in terms of just the, uh, you know, it's an unprecedented move and it was handled very quickly. But the reality is, you know, Hillary Clinton is, is, is a terrible candidate who should have been easy to beat. And she's a cunning criminal who should have been easy to beat. And yet here we are struggling, um, and, and and that's I know that's disappointing to a lot of
0: people and, and me included. Yeah. Uh, a cunning criminal that those are pretty uh, those are pretty descriptive uh, words. Uh, and, and we could probably spend a whole hour talking about how you, <laughs> how you come to that conclusion. But that's that's not what we're talking about. Uh, sure. I, I would imagine that there are a lot of people that you know and, and talk to and deal with in the Republican Party who feel the same way. I mean, I hear a lot from Republican friends of mine. That's the same Kind of issue uh, mm-hmm. with with this year's candidate. I, I wonder what you did to sort of draw attention to yourself and and to be fired when it, when this is a this is an issue that everybody seems to be grappling with. Why why did they get rid of you?
1: Well, I think it was a variety of reasons. I mean, I, I actually can't pretend to know for sure. You know what I mean? Like I can just speculate. And I have spent some time thinking about that and praying about it. And. You know, the the reason they used was that I went on a TV show and and aired my concerns like I've done with you today. Um, But I've been very consistent about my message, and I haven't said – I've never told anybody not to vote for Donald Trump. Um, And I have definitely said I will never vote for Hillary Clinton. So, um, you know, and and at the end of the day, I was told that I would have to come out and flat out endorse him or – Resign and I did neither, and so they removed me. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, you know, that was their choice to make. Like I said, I think the rules are vague and it sets a dangerous precedent um, if we cannot have, you know, a voice. But, you know, the Republican Party is interesting. A couple people have called me and said, Why can't we just fall in like Democrats do? And I'm like, You know, that's the danger of being independent thinkers. It's a double edged sword when you have a party based on people who, you know, really put. The individual before the collective now that we don't care about people we do but we have we're fiercely independent thinkers and fiercely independent thinkers are fiercely independent thinkers so um it's harder to it's like herding cats <laughs> and it's it's harder to get us all necess- sometimes going in the same direction but um i think that's the beauty of of, of what makes our our platform great and, uh, and, and it gives it the best hope for, for our country, I still believe that's true despite this one election, this one candidate. Yeah.
0: Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Wendy Day, the former Michigan GOP grassroots vice chair, let go this week because uh, she is not supporting Donald Trump for president enthusiastically enough for the Michigan GOP. Um, Wendy, I want to ask you before I let you go about the future and Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what what happens in january uh, assuming that that donald trump uh, doesn't become president uh, or even if he does uh, frankly it, it seems like this has sort of shaken the party uh, at its roots and really forced the party to to think about what it believes what it wants mm-hmm. to do in in a number of key areas is is this a, a critical turning point for the republican party will this be a different party in January of 2017 than it is now mm-hmm. because of, in part, uh, the, the the phenomenon of Donald Trump.
1: I, I think it's going to be. I think both parties have been shaken to their core. I don't think the Democrats have um, have been any less shaken as we've seen with the rise of Bernie Sanders and the generational divide between the millennials and baby boomers over you know Hillary and, and Bernie. Um, and I think our side is is, is it has that same generational divide. Um, and I do think we're going to have to come together. But, you know, my my hope is that we, we come together on principle. We come together on the platform. And, you know, I've always said, that, you know, we have a tendency sometimes to shift our views and where we stand and slide over to where the candidate is instead of standing on the principles and pulling the candidate to those principles. So no matter who, you know, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. One of our founding fathers said that. And um, who... Whoever gets elected, that's going to be our job. It always has been our job, and the reality is, if Congress would step up, if the states would stand stand strong against DC, there should be no one office in our land that is the um, that risks our republic. That's not how our government was set up. Sure. And so that's a that's a fundamental question: How did we get here where the Supreme Court has so much power that will throw over everything else we believe in for that particular office? I, I you know I think there's some questions there, and so. 2018 becomes essentially important here in Michigan because we're going to have a governor. And I want a governor who builds a stone wall between us and D.C. Forty percent of our budget comes from the federal federal government. We have to beg for that money with strings attached. So, you know, we can't be a sovereign state when we have 40 percent of our budget strings attached to the federal government. So I'd be looking for a gubernatorial candidate who will be brave and be a hero for us. Um, and stand against the uh, the ridiculousness that happens under that dome of stupidity I call Washington D.C. So, um, and that's going to apply no matter who wins. Do you
0: think Do you think that the Republican Party has to go back to where it was in 2012, rethinking things like immigration? I mean, the outreach to the growing numbers of Latino voters, the growing numbers of African American voters, to women. Mm-hmm. Uh, GOP has been getting clobbered. On, on I those think it's things. a
1: messaging issue, to be honest. I think that sometimes we have a really we have a hard time showing people where we want to go. Like you know, for me, as I don't want I want a gun in the home of every law-abiding citizen, and I want them to know how to use it. I want every woman to know how to protect herself in case she's ever attacked. I want you know, for abortion, I don't want abortion to ever be the best option for any women woman in our country ever. So you know, I think that we, Democrats have a great, a great ability to cast this vision and then march towards it slowly, and we have a habit of thinking in election cycles. And so, I think we have to vision cast and paint a picture and, in, and, and, and just message that we um, represent opportunity and possibility instead of kind of this negativity. You know, really paint that Ronald Reagan. I just went to his museum recently, and one of the things that struck me about him was just how optimistic he was and how he believed in the best. He believed in possibility and opportunity. And in that message, instead of the anger, how about, you know, that message of really, it can be morning in America. We are still good. America is still good. And, um, and, and it, it pains me that Hillary Clinton has taken that and is using it because that should be our message. Yeah. And, and I think it can be again. And, and you know, I think that Americans, the, you know, the last thought about that is that we've kind of d- divided into silos where all of our media, social media, friends, reading materials, all are become an echo chamber of com- bias confirmation. And that happens on both sides. And so what I'm hoping is that, you know, that's been kind of revealed, all the propaganda that's out there, this, especially this election cycle it's gotten ridiculous. And maybe we'll start to talk to each other again. Dare to talk to people who don't agree with you. Dare to find that common ground and at least, you know, find something to agree on and build something and acknowledge that not every person that disagrees with you is your enemy.
0: Okay. All right. Wendy Day, former Michigan GOP grassroots vice chair. Thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry that, uh, that they let you go this week. It's, that's unfortunate. Um, Yeah, yeah.
1: it's been a tough weekend. I can
0: imagine. I can imagine. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk with the group that put up a new anti-Trump billboard in Dearborn. It reads, in Arabic, Donald Trump. He can't read this, but he's afraid of it. That's all next on Detroit Today. Stay with us.